Welcome back to uh, a kind of a, a reboot of such, you know, we're, uh, we're, we, uh, we here at my funny friends have decided uh, to bring on a co-host uh, going forward. Um, me and this gentleman went on the road recently, really hit it off, had fun doing some shows. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, my new co-host, Mr. Will Abels. <laughs> oh, those are the fans yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. turn them on <laughs> or the flies <clears throat> flies rather uh might i add third uh favorite comedian in nashville currently on his uh he's going on a little uh little campaign trail to to get number one next year <laughs> yeah yeah i'm going back to hagerstown maryland to uh to rig it for a second year in the row, second year in a row. <laughs> Meeting with your campaign manager uh, after this. I, I, I know. I saw your your planner. I know. It is. It's my uh, it's my high school prom date. <laughs> well, I want to take the time to get to know you a little bit. So I always like to ask my guests, when and what year did you start doing comedy? Oh. So this is actually kind of a funny, so I actually tried stand up for the first time in eighth grade, but I wasn't actually like really doing stand up. I just like, it was like a, it was a talent show for the high school and they let the middle schoolers come up and do like it if you had it. So they could, so they could pick on you. I, I guess so. Maybe, maybe I was getting baited. I, uh, I just got up and I, I did Jerry Seinfeld and Sinbad jokes. Oh, and I had dealer. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I still do. I still, I still, still Sinbad's jokes. <laughs> I knew that act looked familiar. <laughs> but yeah, so I was doing, I was doing that. I had one original joke, and it was, "What did the, what did the frog, what did the frog do when he uh, died? He croaked." Okay. I yeah. learned the word "croaked" meant dead, and I was like, "Oh my god, frogs croak!" And that was just the um, highlight. A what master that, craftsman right? was born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> how did how did the school like uh, take it? Oh my god! Like just I just got laid immediately. They carried you out <laughs> on the shoulder. Like, no, so I, he's in high school now. Forget this middle school nonsense. Yeah, he gets he gets promoted. Yeah. No, I, I mean people. I mean it was it was. I, I couldn't even tell you how people liked it or didn't like it. I was just like a, I was like, <laughs> like thir- I was like thirteen. I like blacked out. You know. I, like, I, don't, I don't. I don't remember. Will Ferrell in old school. Like what happened? I don't. Well, did I nail the Seinfeld joke with yeah. the grape nuts? Yeah. <laughs> did anybody video? <laughs> Not that there's some pictures. I don't think there's any videos. Okay, that's good. That's good. Can't come back and hurt you later on. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll see. But yeah, so I did it then. Then I would like host some talent shows in high school and I'd act and that kind of stuff. And then it wasn't until college that it was my sophomore year. So 2008, I'm going to say somewhere around maybe October, November of 2008, a roommate of mine is a Jamaican guy named Blaze. It's his legal first name. It's Blaze. I'm so jealous. I know. B-L-A-I-S-E. He uh, makes beats in Jamaica now. Oh, living Just, my dream. Yeah. Great dude. Uh, we keep in touch. But my nickname was McLovin uh, early on in my college days. That movie was very popular. I'm not going to go into that story. 
Okay. Nickname was McLovin. <laughs> just give us a brief, just the cliff notes. Basically, just that movie was between my my senior year in high school and freshman year in college was when okay. Super Bad Super Bad came out. Okay, and it was just sweeping the nation, <laughs> sweeping the sweeping the nation. And so I saw it like six times in theaters that summer. Like I was like, this movie is speaking to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so I went to Emerson College. That's that's where I went to school. And I nice originally Southern Baptist school. Yeah. No, that's Emory. Yeah, I'm, I'm just messing with you. Wait, is Emory a Southern Baptist school? I don't know. It's just a Southern school. Yeah, sure. You could have said you could have said anything. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay, that sounds right. <laughs> but actually, uh it was founded in 1856 um in Louisville, South Carolina. Uh, and the, the, the of the Confederate soldiers. Yes, they're safe. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Yes, Confederate General Ralph Waldo, <laughs> Waldo Emerson, <laughs> the painter. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't that guy play the flute? <laughs> so we're at Emerson College, and I was choosing between schools, and I wanted to work in TV, film, whatever. That was the whole thing. And Emerson's got a great program, or they did at least. I don't know what they're like now. I assume it's still pretty good. <laughs> I cannot vouch for them going forward. I can. Yeah, yeah. In case anything's going on that I don't know about, I can't vouch for them right now, but they were pretty good at the time. And they also asked if I wanted to come play soccer. And I was like, heck yeah. Oh, wow. And then I got there, and I got cut, like, immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you invited me. I was I was like, but isn't that kind of so my friends at that point, though, because we have been doing uh, the tryouts like we're soccer team. So we're all hanging out. We're playing Wii and it was Wii Sports was huge at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And we're playing Wii Sports. And I like was just like goofing off about something. And somebody said, OK, calm down, Fogel. And then someone said, fuck it. We're calling him McLovin. And then it just stuck for about a year and a half. Like any party I went to. There was no Will Abels. It was McLovin. And it was dangerous to my health. Like, I threw up at every party. Yeah, yeah. People just fed me shots, keg stands, no matter if I wanted to do it or not. It was happening. Great time, from what I remember. But just the senior... But the cool thing was I got to go to all the senior parties because they were like, McLovin's here! (laughs) That was great. This persona was your ticket to, uh, to everything. I had a I had a friend who I played I ended up playing tennis as well and a guy we're in the tennis van sophomore year and he's like telling the story about some guy that was at his party that jumped on a table and just started ripping shots and he was like hey get off my table and I tried to fight him and then all of a sudden like ten people come out of nowhere and circled him and they're like you don't touch McLovin and I was like oh that was me I'm I was McLovin I also puked that night I know exactly which party you're talking about. <laughs> I know the loft. He was like, "Yeah, it was a loft." I was like, "Yeah, I remember that night." Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you been in your laundry room? Uh, it's everywhere. Uh, just so you know, if you haven't gone in the last year, I am sorry. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> okay, so anyway, that's the McLovin background. That's the okay. the, the, the short long Thank version. You. I, like, I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. So anyway, we're walking by this flyer. I believe his name's Reggie Williams. Okay. Was it Reggie Williams? I think it was Reggie. <laughs> And he used to like kind of like help get open micers started. And there was a sign on a door and Blaze and I are walking by and it just said, do you want to try stand-up comedy? And Blaze was like, yo, McLovin, you got to try out stand-up comedy. And I was you like, you got to do it. Yeah. So I tried it out once. There were not a lot of people in the audience. Uh, actually, it was a decent audience. But Where, my two- what's the venue? Like, what was the venue like? 
It was called, I believe it was the multi-purpose room at Emerson College. Oh, so on the co- on college grounds. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's most like a, of my just a little student area. Yeah, most of the shows <sighs> I did from that point on were on uh, Emerson's campus. It was either the, the cabaret room or the multi-purpose room. Okay. I prefer the multi-purpose room, but the oh, cabaret okay. was the better room. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, so yeah, so McLovin, uh, sorry McLovin, uh, Blaze dropped out. Before you start I... talking to yourself and as third person. <laughs> yeah. So I McLovin. Like situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Smiggle Gollum, right? I was just like McLovin. <laughs> so Blaze dropped out because he wanted to move to warmer climates uh, because Boston is truly frigid, and mm-hmm. he never saw the first time I did stand up. So. Two of my roommates went and I can only hear their laughs in the back and I am just bombing my face off because I'm doing what I think a stand-up comedian is supposed to do. So I wrote just like a setup punchline without yeah. really knowing how to do that yet. Yeah. And you know me, you know, I'm a storyteller. That's more my wheelhouse, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm telling the story and telling the story. I'm, t- I'm doing these bits, doing these jokes, just bombing so hard. And I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> So I see the two minute light and I just start telling the most popular story that I had been telling my friends at the time that used to get laughs when we're like all hanging out drinking or whatever. Yeah. And it's a story that I pray to God doesn't surface, but it's a funny story. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's just one of those, it's just one of those like hookup stories that you're just yeah. like, you're just like, <laughs> you have, you have little lines in there that like, it's, it's dirtier. It's not a story that I would tell now, you know? Yeah. My, my clothes are used to be hella dirty. So yeah i'm just embarrassed anytime i watch a video that that's on there at all yeah like it's a story where like the i remember the one line that got an applause break was uh, i was talking about uh, getting a blowjob and i said so i feel myself getting towards the end so i tapped her on the head like a gentleman and that got an applause break <laughs> and that's when i was like oh i should just tell stories yeah. Not that, not that joke. I've never told not that, that joke. story. Not that story. I've never told that story since, but yeah. I watched the video again later because my roommates were filming it and I was like, oh, uh, that's the thing. I should tell stories. So I waited gotcha. four or five months and then in the spring semester did, did like seven minutes, did four stories or something. And it just clicked from there on out. There you go. For the most part. Okay. Yeah. So that was when I started. And this is in Boston. It's in Boston at Emerson College, split between the cabaret and the multi-purpose room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so you, you you graduate school, I'm assuming? Yep, so I finished college. Still uh, hang around Boston? Hang around Boston for about four months. I piled around with a guy named Blake Wexler. Blake stuck around. There's also a guy named Sean Connolly that would help me out, but he was in Worcester. So Sean was the first guy that saw my tape from that second time. Mm-hmm. And we were working at a summer camp together and Sean was like, this is pretty good for your second time on stage. Is this He's the, like, the touring comedian, Sean Connolly? I don't know how much Sean tours these days. Okay. Um, he's pretty much exclusively in Worcester. He's also like, he's got a kid married, gotcha. you know, he's, but he, he is like the godfather of the Worcester comedy scene. Like he and he and a comedy crew. Yeah. He and a few dudes have been just working for uh, and I, I couldn't even tell you how many years now and it's a great scene now it's a really solid scene i have yet to have a bad time in worcester from all the way back in 2009 up until now so that's awesome yeah that's yeah cool. so so sean's done a great job they have all the, the whole Wootenanny crew's done a good job Wootenanny? Uh, that's that's Woot- a fantastic name 
Perfect. And they have a great festival. Everything they're doing they're doing everything right. They got two clubs uh, now. That's great. It. Yeah. It. It's awesome. But Sean was the first person that was like, you should try and do stand up more. So then my junior year, I start doing it a little bit more, become friends with a guy named Max Fox and Blake Wexler. These they're, names are just top notch. I, uh, well, Blake <laughs> Max is uh, in more sketch now. Blake is still doing it though. He's 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 been he's been doing it for a long time and he's he's doing all right. But yeah. You look back at these names and we're like, what who named us? Yeah. What, what, were our parents, what were our parents doing? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so Blake started taking me around the Boston scene after college. And, you know, we didn't, like, I was already kind of in with the comedy studio. And to me, that was like the mecca of Boston comedy. There's there's a bunch of clubs there. But that was, to me, the one that I really wanted to shine at. Yeah. Um, because I'd seen, I'd seen, like, Gary Goldman there. I'd seen Rory Scovel there. Uh, I saw Pete Holmes. Like, I was like, oh, okay, this is... A cool spot yeah, yeah and also the owner who's a friend now is really tough on young comics and so he was in the phase where he was tough on me at the time so i was like i gotta make this guy like me yeah it makes you yeah. It, 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 yeah. in the right setting it can drive you you know what i mean right. it can make you want to be a better comic for sure yeah so i did that for a couple months things went real well quickly comparatively i mean you don't really know you're you're a young comic you assume this is what it's supposed to be yeah you, th you think back and you you remember the things that you used to get so hyped about you know what i mean and you're like, right oh i was happy about that oh god i wish that made me happy now <laughs> right you know? and like and like and like 500 views on a youtube video you were like i still would, i mean i still would be hyped about 500 views YouTube. yeah i mean that yeah yeah but things are changing right now it's 500,000 or 500 million who knows yeah, yeah. But yes, yeah, so things were going well. And then I had some some roommates that were like, so, not some roommates, some, some friends that were like, uh, let's go down to uh, New York together. And I was like, well, I think I've done everything I could have done in Boston, which in hindsight, I, I, I wish I could go back and have stayed there for maybe two more years, if not at least another year, and just really gotten to know the scene better and just really develop my chops a bit more, you know, and just had that experience. But again, I didn't have anyone telling me Right. There wasn't a, a, a guidebook I could read, no, you know. No, no. <laughs> there's, there's, and if there no was like one, you probably shouldn't read it in the first place, you know. No, because it's written by somebody who hasn't done comedy in 30 years, <laughs> right. or it was written by written by Vulture magazine for a or, person that's or, never done stand-up in their entire life. Yeah. Or their past just path just doesn't work for you. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. It's teach their own. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I did Boston a little bit. And so then I went to New York. York. Oof. Yep. Okay. How the did you hit the ground running in New York? How did New York treat you at first? Uh, I did. I was doing so well in New York for the first five months that I had to go back to Boston once a month to do a show. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I, I got to New York to go back to Boston, and I was going back to Boston. Yeah, I think every four weeks I would uh, go do the studio for the weekend and then come back to New York and like try out some open mics. But I was very alone in the New York scene. Like yeah. I didn't move there with other comics. Right. So I and that that's something when I hear other comics talk about, like, oh, me and so and so moved together. I'm like, yeah, of course you did. You have to. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like it's just you should. I and but I just again didn't know. Right. Yeah. Hindsight. So right. what year? What year is this? What? Uh, what so year? this is now 2011. This is the fall 2011. Okay. Uh. And I'm, yeah, I'm going back and forth between Boston and New York. 
uh, get to the winter, get to like December, and I lose my first job in New York because uh, I, I told I told the owners of the company I was working for how I felt about the company. Oh no, I've done that and told them never goes. Told well. them how I felt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so how they and take I, it? Well, they let me go. <laughs> they let me go right before I would have qualified for unemployment by let, letting me go as well, oh, which was very convenient course. on all parties. Of for all parties. But they did reach out two years later, later and ask for a LinkedIn uh, recommendation. And I ignored it. Did ignore it. So. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Screw yeah. you. Yeah. Screw yeah. you. All right. So you're in New York, not really digging the comedy scene. Now you're jobless. What's, yep. uh, what's the game plan here? What's the, what's the move? So what happened next? I think, all right, so it's still around that. You're at that age where you go home for Christmas for like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. You know what if, I mean? You're still... If you can, yeah. If you yeah. can. So I'm I just like, you, well... you could, you know? Yeah. Go home. If I remember correctly, the girl that, the, the, the girl that I was seeing at the time, we end things. Okay. She was like a high school, like a high school sweetheart sort of thing. Tried it again in New York, didn't work out. Yeah, I'm also, as you can tell, at this point, at the at this stage of my life, a bit all over the place. So you, I imagine no. I was, yeah, was the yeah, 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 back then, not now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, sure, for, sure, for, sure. Uh, for the record, uh, I want. Uh, I think this is a perfect time to um, add that uh, I gave Will an energy drink <laughs> on the way to Atlanta. And when we got to Atlanta, it was Atlanta traffic. And I thought my man was going <laughs> to run out into traffic on the onset energy drink. So continue. look, look sponsor, sponsor me monster energy and I'll drink it every day. <laughs> I'll drink it every day just to ruin Drew's life. Monster or rockstar. We'll go with either or. Or bang. I want bang energy so I can hang out with more influencers. Uh, is that a big influencer heavy? <sighs> You're so married so married bang, so what yeah what is fill me in on this real quick bang energy is like their whole their whole marketing is campaign influential. is just just don't they have hard seltzers the, now oh i don't know about that i think they have bang i think they have a, a, a seltzer i'm gonna have to contact my local influencer and tell her she needs to up her game yeah. and start drinking these hard seltzers she's I only got the under on. 21 contracts you know what i mean the other the under 21 endorsements they're waiting for you to come hey, along she's... so you can do the the seltzer game for you know. Oh, I see what you're saying. I was like, well, no, she's like 25. I've looked it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but is drinking what they want to push on her? Is that her influence? You know what I mean? You got to think about yeah. these from a marketing standpoint, Mister Will. You know. Well, and that's why I'm here, and you, you know, you're this is background. <laughs> this is <Marketing>. your background. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm in New York. I don't have a job. Not sure what to do. I had gotten an offer to work as a page at the Late Show with David Letterman, and I didn't take it initially because I was already working the other place, and the pay was full. And not because they paid like twelve an hour, which isn't like the worst you ever heard of, but it was only part time. So you only worked like York. twenty twenty five okay. hours a week. Yeah, you. and it's New York, and it's New York. Yeah, so twelve doesn't get that as far. No, and it just seemed like I was like I don't I don't really know at this point, so I took a job at a soccer store, okay. loved nice. it. Hell yeah! Uh, was like the, selling those jobs selling are the best man. 
Yeah, it's just one of those random things where I was like, I was selling like no cleats to rich, yeah, like rich Upper West Side kids yeah. who were like, well, like, is this going to make my, you know, my outside the foot pass better? And I'm like, you're yeah. nine. Yeah. And this is also yeah, 2012 America. We all suck. You're not gonna, it's fine. You're not going to get better. Yeah. yeah we all yeah. are terrible. You know? We're, Nike just knows how to get you to buy this shoe. Yeah. So, so we're working there. Stand-up's going okay. Starting to slip, starting to like figure out some things with it. And then I took a job at a, uh, what are they called? A startup. And I was just doing data entry for the startup. But it was okay. quick cash and I could balance it with the <laughs> soccer store. And they found out that I was a, that I was a comedian. Oh. They were like, well, we have this idea for this other startup we're working with. And it was basically like a precursor to Zoom. If I really? have to like, if I have to kind of pinpoint it, it's like Zoom. Could have been on also the ground like, floor of Zoom. Kind of. It was. It reminded me a lot of Zoom, but if it had like the TikTok live interactions. Okay. Where like you're just like so you these just people say whatever. sitting on Zoom and TikTok child. I feel like it was like a Zoom TikTok child. Maybe like Twitch. Maybe Twitch is probably the closest thing to compare it to. Huh. And what uh, happened with that? They were around for a while. Okay. Uh, this was and this was not the company. I, I thought you were about to be like, I said no. They didn't go for it. No, 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 no. Fell on them, you know. I was working for a different company. This company was like uh, two floors above us or something, okay. yeah. and we just all kind of worked together. Reese Witherspoon got involved, and that was when that company started blowing up. Okay. And we were trying to figure out what to do with our product to make it work on their stream streaming platform, right? Gotcha. And again, like I said, I was just doing data entry. Yeah, but yeah. the data entry but was you were around and hearing everything yeah. and the data entry was all of the bands going to south by southwest because oh. our plan was to go down to south by southwest and interview these bands prior to it and then show them the app in person and that app was kind of like linktree a little bit okay where it was like God, man, we were just. Did you just work mine. at? Did you just work at the uh, wish, the wish of social medias? I think like I was just. Uh, uh, I'm just like thinking about the money that I could have been making. <laughs> I'm. I'm saying uh, this is me realizing this out loud for the first time that I was yeah. working for basically Linktree on top of Twitch, on top of TikTok, on top of. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so we're trying to get this app off the ground and like so I start putting together these bands or whatever. The owner, super nice guy, kind of eccentric, maybe a little sketchy. I, I heard like some <laughs> like I like some articles popped up later that was like it might have been a stolen app. I don't really know. Uh, like cool, stuff cool, cool, cool. stolen stuff from like Linktree. Maybe, maybe. Uh also hearing like hey Will, uh we have a connection with the Kardashians and I was like not a bad connection to have if you're trying to get something to be popular you know yeah. like yeah. don't love them but i'll do it for the money right so finally they decide that i'm actually going to start interviewing the bands over the streaming platform and that was how we were going to get our name out there so i would just start interviewing bands and then they were going to send me down the south by southwest to interview them in person and it was going to be like a man on the ground kind of man on the street kind of thing yeah and i'm sitting there aspiring stand-up comedian this is perfect I, I have a background in late night i want to eventually move into late night and i'm like this is it yeah 
I've been in New York for six months. My dreams are coming true. It's great. So I interview a bunch of really cool bands. I almost got to interview, uh, what was, what's their names? The Alabama Shakes. Oh, wow. Right after they crushed that Conan set. I don't know if yeah, you remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, um, and I like got an, on the phone with their manager and they're like, well, we can give you one of them. And then it fell through and I was like, ah, but I got a couple of cool, <laughs> like, I got, yeah, I got a couple of cool bands like shiny toy gun or guns. I got in trouble for saying either gun or guns. Cause they were one or the other. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't listen. You got to get it I, right, man. You got to get I it right. I don't listen to them. So anyway, I'm thinking I'm like mentally like I'm going down to South by Southwest. I'm going to come back. I'm going to have a massive credit. I'm going to, it's going to be awesome. And then they pull me aside and they go, so we're out of money and you're fired because we can't pay you. <laughs> and they were like, but if we get more money, we're bringing you back on. Also, we're not going to South by Southwest anymore. Also, we don't know if there's even a product to send you to South by Southwest. And I was just like, this, I, I should have seen this coming. <laughs> Damn, dude. So that yeah. just fell right bottom out again. Yeah. And this was five weeks. This was like a five week. So that's a real high and low real quick. Just a slow nipple twist, you know? <laughs> yeah. Both uh, nipples though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, so, so how did you, how did you pick yourself up after, after that one? So I'm still doing stand up. <clears throat> okay. I start doing shows at the old New York comedy club. That's going fine. Uh, I actually start talking to, I get in with this assistant like she was well, she's the assistant to an agent okay. and she starts watching my stuff and so i start getting like a couple of nibbles here and there and then i end up taking the job at letterman okay i so go you know what i'm taking the job you, did you reach back out or like did they come calling again or like how did that come about i the person that was my in there i never took them up on the opportunity the first time so okay. i went back and said hey is it too late to try this and she goes no definitely not too late and so we we Perfect. tried it okay. yeah yeah and I start there, goes great, work with a great group of people. I'm still really close friends with a lot of them. Some of them have been roommates, you know, all like kind of like I was just at one of the guy's weddings a couple of weeks ago, like very close group of friends. Then I need to figure out a second source of income and I end up working at a gay sports bar and okay. I'm working and I'm working as a bus boy. So, uh, <laughs> so by day I'm working in the front of, at the front uh, lobby of Letterman <laughs> by night, I'm working either at stand-up mm -hmm. or at the gay sports bar okay and i think i had the best four months of my entire life please tell me <laughs> the wardrobe for the gay sports bar was shirtless it was but not for me because i was uh, uh, i was a tiny i was a tiny i was a tiny lad and all the the gentlemen around me were quite large so what was your uniform you just wore I, like a regular bartender just wore your clothes jeans and a t-shirt i mean i was also a bar back so i'm like lifting kegs i'm like you. grabbing glasses all over the place i mean the the boy the boys that were just in their shorts were all behind the bar they were they were the icon eye candy you know throwing the drinks out there gotcha You're and then doing i was the grunt work and i'm okay. doing the grunt work just doing my hair once in a while okay all right all right, all right. how uh how long uh how long did you stay there that was four months okay yeah so it's four months there let go story of my life uh, they told me I was seasonal. <laughs> Story <of my> life. <laughs> yeah, they told me I was seasonal. I don't remember it being a uh, a uh, seasonal contract, but you got to get it. Who's right. to argue? You got to look at the contract. Well, I think I did have it in writing. I think that's kind of the point. But uh, <laughs> well, <you laughs> yeah. didn't really want to push the issue there. I wasn't gonna fight too hard. 
Yeah, I uh, mean, it was also exhausting. how do you win that though? You know what I mean? Like you're fired. Like, am yeah. I? Like, yes, you are. They're like, well, now you are. And you're like, <laughs> all right, all right, cool. Yeah, can't so, really. Uh, but that, also, I you know? yeah, and I was also getting pretty burned out because you know I'm just doing these kind of insane days all the time. Right, a lot of fun, and I'm young enough that I can do it, but it was just getting exhausting. So now I'm just at Letterman, kind of struggling a little bit financially, but. Still doing a ton of stand-up. Met with a couple agents. They wanted me to do some commercial work. I didn't have headshots because I thought that agents gave you headshots at that time. <laughs> well, what's the problem in your career, Will? Oh, it's me. <laughs> oh, it's me. I'm not prepared. I thought yeah. you were a boy scout. I didn't know. Well, you know, I'm prepared to, like, fight a bear or tie a knot in that order. But I'm not, you know, prepared to make my You're career work. You're supposed to be prepared for everything. Always. That's the thing. I, guess that's I, re- I read well, the intro to the book I, I was an aspiring tenderfoot at one point and then they told me ooh. I had to do things to get a badge and I was like yeah I'm out yeah you like started the plumbing badge and you were they like, didn't tell no. me that there was homework you know what I mean like I purposely yes. took the classes to not have homework well am I gonna have after school activity homework you know what I mean like what you know. What did you want? What, what did you want out of it? Just to like go hiking and went lay camping. outside. Went camping once with my friends and played tag, and I was good. Got it out of my system. You could you could have honestly just done at any point. You didn't have to like go buy a uniform. Oh, I didn't buy the uniform. It's fine. Oh, you just showed up in t shirt like a t shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of those where I was like, I'll get it next week. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll okay. get it next week. Yeah. No, I You're never I didn't put yeah. any kind of money into it whatsoever. Except for that well, one the crowd the price of that one camping trip. Okay. Well, at least you experimented with it before really doubling down on yeah, it. Yeah, you know. They let me carry a pocket knife. I got my Whitland chip. You know what I mean? That was, that was Yeah, cool. there you go. I got to start a fire. I got my fire chip. And then uh then uh I was like, yeah, this is as far as I, I go. Did you have the little flint and you had to like spark the flint? I did, but I could never get it to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I could never figure that out either. Yeah. Yeah. My brother's great at it. My buddy Handsome Rob was good at it. Oh, I'm definitely screwed if I'm ever on like a island or something. Yeah, I'm done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, if, if I crash land with my brother, I'm going to be fine. But if I'm on my own, I'm going to be like, eh, I'm just going to, I'm going to eat coconuts until I, until I die. Yeah, same. Assuming same. there's coconuts. Assuming there's coconuts. Hopefully there's coconuts. My luck? I prefer pineapple, but you know, hopefully there's some. You know what I mean? I don't know if pineapples grow on islands though. Well, I guess they do. Maybe Hawaii. Where they gotta go? Like, where else do pineapples come from? They gotta be islands. That's if you were to tell me there's one island fruit, I'd be like pineapple. What if it wasn't though? What if you found that it was like from? (laughs) It was like from like the Rocky Mountains. I just love that this is our first episode together as joint hosts, and we're just preparing you audience members to know you're not going to get any type of knowledge from any of this just pineapples are from denver (laughs) just want you to know no factual information will be dropped on said show yeah i've been making up this whole story (laughs) well speaking speaking of made up will land you're in uh you're in new york you're working for letterman you're doing stand up they want you to do commercials no headshots no headshots commercials fall through they stop working out but stand up starts going really well i'm um, at the uh i'm at the stand pretty consistently i'm doing uh stuff through a a group called laughing buddha which does not have the best reputation these days but the time you know they it it was okay i didn't know well i'm I'm, I'm just saying people didn't know 
People didn't know. Whenever things that turn out bad at the time, you might not have known. Yeah, and there's a lot of comics that are are doing very well now. We all were kind of like hitting the mics together. We're, we're shows then, like we're all kind of just in this whatever this system is. We're all kind of in it together. Okay. So I'm doing the stand. It's going great. I'm enjoying it. Like I'm I'm liking the material. I'm writing all the time. Haven't experimented with going on the road outside of like maybe checking out Boston or the occasional show back in my hometown in Maryland or something. Okay. And then Letterman ends. I can't get another TV job to save my life. <laughs> and I end up working at the stand, the, 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 sorry, the standard restaurant. And they hired me because they saw Letterman was on my resume. And she, and the, the GM said to me, we like hiring pages because we know you guys are desperate. Wow. Yeah. And my, and my buddy, my buddy, yeah. And my buddy whose wedding I was just at, he had started and already been fired between like, in like the last couple of weeks because same thing. She was like, Oh, Paige, I'll hire him. And he just was terrible at being a bus boy, apparently. And they fired him, but he's, he's doing okay now. He's doing okay now. He got, he's good to know. He he found, he found his career and his wife and all that. Bus boy is not for everybody. You know what I mean? I was a very bad bus boy. I was okay. I was pretty good, but it was like compared to what, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that I've always treated that and it could be my downfall, but I always worked to the pay I was getting. You know what I mean? You want to pay yeah. me $10 an hour? Always felt like $10 an hour out of me. Yeah, I know. I think I, I was just like, well, I got nothing else going on, so I guess I'll just good at this or whatever. Yeah. But. Nah. Yeah, so I'm working at the standard now, still doing stand up. Stand up again, still going fine. I just, I am just miserable that working at this restaurant. Like, I loved everyone I worked with. I had some great managers. The uh, hostesses, I remember they were all just great. They were all super nice. But just there was this maitre d who had it out for me, and he was just the biggest dickhead. Damn. And in like he would like single me out for like not changing <clears throat> a linen quick enough, and I was like, "Dude, it's a fake job. You do it then, like get yeah." Out I was like, "You do it." I don't understand how you have a host and a maitre d. Well, I actually doesn't make sense now that I'm saying it out loud. But yeah, that's what that's what his job was. No, I mean I get it. I know I've, I've a, worked in a fancy restaurant where there were both, but why? Yeah, I don't know. I, well, is it I, like I, the I remember head he host? Was like, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's what it is. He's like, I think kind of overseeing all of it and just trying to make the bus boys miserable because he can't, he can't yell, he can't yell at the waiters, but he can yell at the bus boys because he's got to be a person in a position of power. Yeah. Yeah, Restaurant training. Cause you're not even a manager. You're like a secondary manager, you know, like, and I I heard he, yeah. And I heard he got passed on for a GM position. So he's probably just one of those bitter boys who couldn't get his drinking together and keep the job he wanted. Oh, I'm not bitter about it 10 years later. <laughs> I can hear it in the voice. It definitely said no, no bitterness here to me. You know? <laughs> yeah, always positive. But yeah, I just hated the job. And I still, again, another job where I still have some friends from it. And like, it was just like, you know, we had that kind of bond at like, well, this sucks, but at least we're all together. And they would come support stand up every once in a while. Like it was that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It builds but... friendships. Hard, hard, hard jobs build friendships for sure. Right. And the good thing is the GM really liked me. So she was like, all right, we're going to try and get you to be a waiter at some point. And that's when you could really make some good money. And the day she told me I was going to start getting trained as a waiter, I go to, I go out that night with some friends 
and we go to a bar called Blind Barber. Okay. And it's called Blind Barber. It was a speakeasy that we used to love to go to, and but sometimes they would always like count the ratio of guys to girls. So we're taking this risk because I think there was three girls and five guys or Ooh. something like that. Maybe like three girls and four guys or something like that. So, so we're walking up, and I turn around in line, and a uh, a girl I knew from college she took my ex-girlfriend's room in this like apartment complex that was like there was like the girl's house and the guy's house and we all lived down the street from each other and we we're all good friends right yeah. and my ex went to like a internship program or something and she took her room and her and i became pretty good friends but i hadn't really seen her since then that was like our junior year yeah. and she's in line with another friend and i was like oh my god i haven't seen you in forever this is insane like how you been blah blah, blah. we start talking she's working for colbert at the time Oh. Colbert poor and she's yeah. like are you still working in TV yeah and she's like are you still working in TV and while I was at the restaurant I was dabbling in like TV production a little bit like I was driving vans for like like random reality shows right again miserable and like stand up <laughs> was my <laughs> I want to stress yeah not happy but stand up was like my outlet right like yeah. that was the one thing like when i could get on stage i could be like okay i have this no one could take that away from me okay. you know but like on nights that i was at the restaurant or i was working late on set i was just like i gotta i gotta get back to that okay you know and uh anyway so her and i start chatting and she's like well send me your resume and maybe i can get you some hours at colbert and i'm like that'd be great send her the resume hours don't really work out but she gets a call from the sound of music live with Carrie Underwood when that came out. I so hate, I, I'm so sorry, but I hate Carrie. Don't Underwood. <sighs> no comment. I hate her so much. No comment. <laughs> okay, no but comment. go ahead. Go ahead. No comment. Uh -huh. So anyway, basically they get she gets a call from them at NBC saying, "Hey, we need some PAs," <laughs> and my my resume is sitting on her desk. Ooh. Oh, also we didn't get in the, we didn't get into the bar by the way. We moved our ratio <laughs> up to. I, I they started let us in. They were like, no, wow. no, they were like, none of you, none of you are getting any despite all. And we were like, I'm like, look, look at what are you talking about? I was like, I'm wearing a button up. I was in the GQ at the time. I had a tie on too. I had a skinny tie with the button what? up. Get out of here. Look at you. Yeah, I used to be fresh. <laughs> I used to be real fresh. Anyway, so I take Santa music, and that is the beginning of stand up, basically becoming a hobby. Okay. And I didn't really know it at the time because in my mind, I was still a comedian that was just like dabbling yeah, yeah. in production, yeah, yeah. but I'm doing one show a month yeah, and maybe an open mic if I have time. Okay. And so that leads me down a path where like, it's still kind of this thing where I'm working in production, but I would tell people about stand up and like, they might go to a show if I had the show, but I basically just stopped doing stand up for about two years. Okay. Yeah, seriously. And then I'm in LA doing a show something kind of breaks in my head about comedy and I can't even think about getting on stage for like nine months. Okay. Like I panic attack level type stuff. I, and nothing <laughs> happened on stage. I just got off stage and something felt so horribly different. And then all of a sudden for the first time, since I was like 19, I had lost this part of me that was such an important part of my identity. Okay. So yeah, it was wild. And I, 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 you know, I don't know if, I mean, like maybe, maybe historically it was, maybe it was a panic attack. I'm at a comedy essentially. Yeah. And you're working, I guess, LA now? Working, well, I'm going back and forth to New York and LA. 
Oof. And I'm working sad. production jobs. Yeah. Okay. Doing the stuff. Are you working for like great. an agency? Or are you just picking up jobs from like the different places? The first year and a half, I'm working for a director slash choreographer. Okay. He's both, but he's only one. He's like a director in, in theater, but he's a choreographer in TV. Okay. So we're doing cool projects, working on the Oscars, working on the Emmy, like a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. The the set the Saturday music live, Peter Pan live, which was a I don't know if you saw the ratings, but crushed. <laughs> How did you know I was a big fan? <laughs> I could uh yeah, you I know you're a big fan of Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like Christopher. He was on but I'm, I'm, Peter Pan for real. Yeah. That's a that's a whole story for another day. Okay. That's a whole story for another day. Was he hook? But was, uh who did he play? He was hook. He was hook. Oh, Christopher Walken played hook. He, oh man. I might might have to go back and watch it now. He referred to me as the boy in the plaid shirt. The boy the first in day the he, plaid shirt. All right. First day he met me, I had uh, I gave him. They were like, Christopher Walken loves pretzels, so I handed him pretzels, and I was wearing a plaid shirt. And go, and then like a couple months later, he was like, "Where's the boy?" They're like, "What?" <laughs> he was like, "The boy, a boy in the plaid shirt with the pretzels." Like, I can't do a Christopher Walken impression, but they were like, "Will?" And I was just like standing there in a plaid shirt by chance, and they were, the uh, pretzels. I was like, yeah, and he was like, "Yeah, that guy." And like, I had to, like go find him pretzels and bring him pretzels. And I was just like, this "You're the pretzel guy now." Yeah, you gotta get him. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm basically I'm not doing stand up. I'm doing production, and then I start freelancing after that. So I worked for that guy for about a year and a half. Then I'm freelancing pretty hard. And the first time stand up came back into my life is somebody. There was a, another PA I was working with, who we were like kind of casually talking, and I mentioned that I used to do stand up. I was like, "Hey, I used to do stand up." It was pretty fun. And he looked up like one of my tapes on YouTube and he started showing people around the set and was like, this guy was pretty good. This guy was like, okay, it wasn't bad. And so at the time I was with my, uh, my ex, we were like living together at the time and things were going great, but I, I just wasn't doing stand up. And this guy was like, yeah, you should try it again. And my ex had been kind of being like, I think you should try it. Like, I think you should try and get back on stage. Like I, I can tell you miss it, you yeah. know, whatever. So I, uh, I just get back on stage. I just get in, back on stage. In New York? Do you get back on? In, in New York. Still in New York. Yeah. And I just start doing stand-up again. And it's real slow. Like, the training wheels took a while to get off. Like, it didn't come as naturally off. to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, in my early 20s, like, everything just kind of came to me very instinctually. Like, mm-hmm. it, was, it was easy to write a joke. It was really easy and i was never scared to try a new joke on stage even if it was a book show at the stand like so the confidence (laughs) the confidence wasn't there and that's what took a long time to get get moving again you know and then at some point i'm standing in yonkers working on a, a tv job and it's like eight degrees outside it's like it's so unimaginably cold and i was like this sucks i'm making no money I'm working 14 hours a day. I hate these projects. I don't even watch the shows I'm working for. I was like, what am I doing? I was like, I'm going all in on stand-up. Yeah. So I, I start doing stand-up, start working at a restaurant again. Restaurant's great. That ends up being its own story. Um, start walking dogs. Become pretty good at walking dogs. And heard, uh, yes. Your reputation precedes you on the dog walking. Walks What's with number one dog walker? Circa 2016. Mm, it's crucial. Maybe 17. Yeah. Right. 
but yeah, so I'm just like doing, I start doing the gig jobs, right? I start doing the gigs and just focusing on stand up. And I get like year and a half back in, but I also have five years of material from beforehand, right? Right. right. So I'm like, all right, <clears throat> I got to do something. Like, I got to do something to see if I can make this work, right? Mm -hmm. And this is right before, like, right, but like a couple years before TikTok starts kind of taking over. YouTube still isn't like, like, I don't, you're not seeing people get booked in theaters for YouTube yet. Okay. We don't like, Bo Burnham still, yet. right? Like, you have Bo Burnham, like, he's still doing, but he's, this is even around the time, like, he's kind of disappearing for a little while. Okay. You know? Yeah. So, so I just was like, I want to see if I can do a half hour. I want to see if I can do a half hour material mixed with the early stuff I did and the stuff I've written the last year and a half. And I'm going to see how it goes. So I rented out the pit loft and just hit every mic and show I could for like a couple months straight and then just sold the place out and just did a half hour and it went great. It went incredibly great. It was, it yeah. was amazing. So, yeah. so next thing I know, I'm like getting offers on the road and now I'm starting to like check out the road a little bit. And I, you know, and my, but the way my brain is, is like, I should have just been doing that half hour set on the road. But in my mind, I was like, well, this needs to be retired, which in some, in some regards, yeah. Like if Burn that was on Comedy material. Central or something, I might've, I might I should have probably burned it. Yeah. But it really, it really like 600 people saw it online, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. So I'm like trying to do new material on the road, but that's also not a bad thing to just like try it all out. But just whatever. sprinkle it in, you know what I mean? Right. Exactly. So I meet this guy named Alex Grubard, a uh, com comedy buddy of mine. He starts taking me on the road. I start going to Philly a lot, going up to Boston again, but this time in a different way. Make it all up the all the way up to Portland. I'm starting to get into Burlington, Vermont. I'm starting to like hit New England pretty hard. Then I eventually start making it down to North Carolina, and just I'm watching the you know the map kind of grow in front of me of where I can do stand up. And the further I get away from New York, I almost feel like the better I got because I was learning how the rest of the country thinks or, or regionally, I, at least not yeah, like the yeah. rest of the country, but like yeah. just how different regions think, you know? Right. And it kind of like starts sort of falling the place in my head where I'm like, cool. All right. Like I'm building this, you know, whatever it is, I'm building it. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's still, that's the comedy thing is you, you, you never know what you're quite building, but then it sort of falls into place and you're like, cool. And so things are going going well. I'm happy with it. The restaurant's a little tough. Money's a little tight. And the more I do the road, the money gets tighter and tighter. My ex had pretty expensive tastes, so that didn't help <laughs> as well. <laughs> but then I, I get to a point where I start producing my own show based on the half hour I did, where I gave other people opportunities to do a half hour. Okay. And I'm celebrating the anniversary of that show. And I was doing a half hour at the end of it. And I was like, well, let's record it. Cause maybe it could be an album. Cause I don't really, you know, like you can just self-produce an album. Like right. I know guys that just spit out albums, but like, you know, again, what if it's something I shop around, who knows what it is. Right. right. And we do it and it's the whole show doesn't go great. It's, <laughs> and it's a great lineup. It's Josh Gondelman and Sydney Washington. It's Drew Morgan. And one more person I'm forgetting off the top of my head who I should probably remember, but they, they all do great. And they do so well that the audience is dead by the time by the time I get up to do so, my half hour. Yeah. 
but now I'm like, well, now I want to record this album because I, I know I have more than half an hour. I can do 40 minutes. And I like the idea of a 40 minute album. Like, I think that's the amount of attention people actually pay Give an album. Yeah. It's most things. So rebook some stuff, rework the lineup. I get Joe Para to open for me, which is just hilarious having Joe Para open for anybody because he's so low energy and he's just like, he's such a specific comic, you know? Yeah. Caitlin Palufo was the host. Fantastic. She's doing great right now. She's doing great back then. Only want the best things for her because she's just awesome. And we record, we record the album and again, goes great. And I'm just like sick. And then I find out we lost all of the audio. Oh no. And yeah. And I'm like, well, I can't fill this room a third time. I just, it's not going to happen. It's just not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Then I remember I recorded all of it on my iPhone just to like have the, so I get in touch with this, this editor. So my buddy edits my, like a personal friend edit edits it first and it sounds okay. And then a buddy of mine who is now, who has since won an Emmy for audio engineering was like, yeah, yeah. He was like, well, my boss wants us to take on side projects to practice. Give me this. And he takes weeks on it. And it's one of those things where like, when you hear what was on my phone versus what came out, I was like, this is amazing. But when you just hear the final product, you're like, was this his iPhone or something? (laughs) So... So, like, but I think it sounds fantastic. And then, and now I, now I can listen to it and go, ah, okay. It's a little hard to hear sometimes. <laughs> I, I <laughs> like, see what people are saying. But again, it leads to some cool things. The Interabang, uh, it's a website back in New York. They had me write up an article about it because they were like, this is cool that you just self-produced this album. Apple Insider Podcast, they had me come on because I wanted to talk about, like, using their product to, you know, do this yeah. whole thing. Yeah. And then uh, I see that this guy named Adam Amawala, who's now a friend of mine, he was he was releasing an album about two weeks prior to when I was going to, and he kept pushing for everybody to just buy it on iTunes because that helps the first day sales, and he could chart highly on iTunes, right? And so I'm like, all right, I'll do that. So I go back home to Maryland. I, I like I really focus in on one target audience and I just like I hit our local news channel, I get in the newspaper, all my friends, family, um, and, and obviously people back in New York as well, but yeah. just those two those two markets and nothing else. I didn't try and focus anywhere else except for those two markets. And then the album comes out and it debuted at number one on iTunes yeah. on the comedy charts. Right. And it was just a cool it was, it was on my birthday. <clears throat> That's awesome. So again, I'm like Hell yeah, we are up here. This is great. So glad I made this decision. Leaving this moment, I start doing the road again. Everything's going awesome. People are talking about the album. Like I'm getting offered some headlining gigs. And then my ex and I break up. Oh no. <laughs> Three months after Things the album. Things were comes going out. so well. <laughs> Too well. Too well. <laughs> uh so yeah, so comedy wise. The next two years kind of become uh, very, I don't know if redundant is the right word, repetitive. Repetitive is the word I was looking for. And I'm doing the road a lot. I can, I barely am in New York. I'm just, again, trying to expand the market, trying to expand the market, dabble with some homelessness for a little bit. Oh, but okay. I had, yeah, had some buddies that were putting me up though. Like I quit the job at the restaurant because I was like, I can't be here anymore. I need to put everything that is associated with my ex. I got to put it behind me or try to at least. 
So I'm doing the road, living out of my car, crashing with some buddies sometimes, sometimes sleeping in the car. 2018 wasn't that bad. Like it's still going okay at this point. But then 2019 hit and it got like, I'm doing the same gigs for no money, but I'm still developing a ton of material, right? Okay. So I'm getting through the year. I'm hitting some low points. I'm kind of like, something's got to happen. Something's got to happen. And then finally, uh, I get towards the end of 2019 and I'm like, it's not going to just fall on my lap. I got to make something happen for myself. Right. So I book my first nationwide comedy tour. I'm like, I, I've, I've done New England. I've done all these things. I need to just keep expanding. So the idea was to go from New York all the way out to L.A., not do too much stand-up in L.A. because it's a different, I don't have a lot of connections there comedy-wise, mm-hmm. but do production jobs, get a little more money in my pocket, then come back across the country and decide if I want to stay in New York by the end of March. Okay. So I'm booked from L.A. to all the way down to the south, straight across the south, all throughout Texas, through the southeast and the southwest, and then up in, up into L.A. Then I'm booked all the way back across the middle of the country. I was doing Denver. I was, doing Na- I was supposed to do Nashville. I was supposed to do Chattanooga. I was supposed to do Indianapolis. I was supposed to do all these other places. And then March of 2020 hits. What happened in March goes. of 2020? I learned like how much I love my hometown. Oh. <laughs> so COVID hits, COVID hits, yeah. and I get stuck back home for nine months, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you didn't even go back. You were like, I'm not going back to New York. Like, this is no, pointless. I, I, well, when COVID, when COVID hit, I was like, I'm definitely not going to go back to New York. That's like, I was like, I'm not going to go into the belly of the beast. Yeah. For Was it the trucks know? full of the corpses that got you? Is that what, uh, is that was it? That was part of it. That was that was a bit of it. That was a bit of it. That and having no money. Yeah. Okay. Having no money in a city where you still need money, even though no one had any money. Yeah. But yeah. So catches up to 2020, and almost leading us up to uh, leading us up to to us. Hmm. Yeah. When we Uh, first met. When we first met. So yeah, I start doing Zoom shows immediately. I'm doing Instagram live shows. My siblings and my family would all sit in and I would bring comics in from New York and we would do that. And so that's, that's what, that's kind of the funny through line of like my whole comedy career has somehow always sort of come back to Hagerstown in one way or another, you know, Uh, like whether it was like the eighth grade thing starting out or like trying my first 40, like the first way to 40 minutes. I, I was like 20 just rambling on, but right, right. it was here at like my friend's coffee shop. You know, these little things, those guys come up to shows every once in a while, like the first minute, a half hour, my mom came up, a bunch of my friends came up. So it's like, it's this funny thing where Hagerstown does come back into my life comedy wise. And it usually leads to something afterwards. Like, like the album uh, being number one on iTunes, that was mostly because of Hagerstown plug in the album you know like little things like that so last year i start uh, working with a producer in nashville on zoom shows named kaylee Harmon. she's running a new uh, at the time it was called music city comedy i think but she changed this dewey comedy and she's like i like the zoom shows let's do some zoom shows we do a couple together they go great then we start talking about this album because i was supposed to record my second album that was a big part of 2020 was i was the leaving for the tour and i got through the first leg of it in January. And I was like, Oh, I have a new hour. Nice. And I, and I want to get this down on paper. Cause I think it's something, you know, it's about breakups and about living out of my car and just like perseverance and gaslighting and all this, like all this stuff, you know, but it was all funny. 
And so I contacted the Empire Comedy Club in Portland, Maine, and they gave me two shows over a weekend in May. And so I started hitting up my all the contacts I have, and I just basically booked nothing but headlining shows from the end of March until the to the album recording. Yeah. Nash, Nashville was one of them. All these places. So all that falls through. Cool. All of it. So Kaylee and I are doing these Zoom shows, and she's like, we're starting, like, we're like, what if we tried to do the album on Zoom? We're not going anywhere anytime soon, doesn't seem like. So we did it. We did it in May. We recorded it on Zoom. And then I spent three months working with an editor from Boston and really was rough. It was just like rough to hear it every day, knowing what this album could have been and just yeah. hearing your voice back on Zoom nonstop, you know? Yeah. And because what and was like, the feedback like? Do you get a lot of like, were people laughing? Like, how did people stay muted? Like, how did they deal with all that? People were laughing, but the way Zoom was set up, you couldn't hear everybody at the same time. Uh, so it would be like a couple of laughs here and there. And I could see the laughs. I couldn't hear the laughs. Still brutal with timing and everything. And I had a friend who saw me run that hour in January, and she sat in and watched it. And she was like, I could tell there was like a, like, she's like, you covered it well. And if I didn't know you, I wouldn't have noticed it but there was an emptiness in it and you could tell this was just <laughs> yeah. breaking your heart to do this over zoom. Yeah. But we edited it, we put it out, goes fine. No one really cared <laughs> <laughs> because by the time it came out, it was like October. Everyone's kind of back out again. We're all focusing on the election, you know, like the whole, the whole thing. Like if, if I had, if I could have, I would have tried to get it out like in June, but I it just like it was so hard and uh, it just took a lot of time, but it comes out and I'm, I got hired by uh, Miss USA, Miss USA pageant to like come out of like TV retirement and go to Memphis. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to be in Memphis. I should go check out Nashville Yeah, because I need to, I need to get out of town. I need to move. I need to do something else. And I just don't want to go back to New York. So this is where you and I meet. Uh, do I think it was Diskin, right? You met yeah. a Diskin. Yep, disc insider. Kaylee and I meet in person for the first time. I have just a great two weeks in, in Nashville and in, in the surrounding area. Didn't do great at Comedy Bar, <laughs> but I also was like talking about a lot of 2020 jokes in a southern state that wouldn't wear masks. And I'm just like, hey, maybe this guy should go fuck himself. We're not wearing uh, a mask. And then we're not, we're not trying to hear this. So. Like, hey, hey, we get it. Biden won, but don't rub it in our faces. You know, it was like, and I was like, you know, looking back, you're like, yeah, I probably should have just done the hits instead of trying the uh, more controversial stuff. <laughs> the old hits. But, but it all goes well. Be a bunch of cool comics. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, let's change it up. There's something happening in Nashville. I'm seeing uh, uh, the scene grow. I'm seeing like a lot of really hungry comics moving there and already being there. And then January of uh, 2021. Moved to Nashville, oh. and so far the rest has been history. Look at that! Yeah, love it. And now we're here. And, and now we're here. Amazing and podcast together from Hagerstown. And and you, you, Nashville. See, look at that full circle. Our first episode. Yeah. You're back in Hagerstown. Oh God, what's gonna happen next? <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah, we did it. And that's the story. That's the stand-up story. First episode. See, this is. Look at that. We. I'm glad we got this one out of the way first because there's no way anybody is going to be this long-winded. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> I am exhausted. <laughs> I, I know someone at home was like, God, is this guy shut up? <laughs> nah. And it's, my, and, it's my, and it's my dad. <laughs> They're all standing on the other side of the door like, Jesus. We've heard well, this story so many times. Oh, my brother. My brother came and be like, you're telling that story of the sign of music, huh? Yeah, we get it. 2014 we, was a great year. That's all you've had. Get it. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. What uh where can uh where can they find you on social media? Find me at Will Abel's Comedy on Instagram. That's my main social media the outlet. Insta- I do I do a little Twitter, but I, it's just so toxic. All social media is toxic. And Twitter I, I just love Instagram because I get to control what pictures I look at. You know? right exactly you can just like block you can mute you can do all the good stuff yeah. but uh on instagram if you want to come see a show i'm currently uh out and about but uh all my all my um shows are listed on willablescomedy.com slash tour or you can just go to instagram and that pretty much pops up link tree or link tree well my the link in my bio on my instagram is my link tree look at that yeah he could have been a millionaire with the other company, but Linktree came in and just took over. Yeah. You know, I was really blocking that part out. Yeah, you know. I was really blocking the monetary part of that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows how much money it could have been, you know? Could have been talking about, you know, the greats, you know, Zuckerberg, you know. Yeah. Abels, you know, Musk. Zuck- you know? Zuckerberg, Abels. God, could you imagine if I just became this billionaire, but I just... I absolutely became the worst. Like I did like exactly like that. Are you saying you wouldn't become the worst? If As, you weren't a millionaire? I think I would be a terrible person if I was a millionaire. I don't know. I got zanies and then I became a I was a dickhead for two days. <laughs> I was walking around just like, where are my haters at? What mm-hmm. where are you guys at? Can't see you. <laughs> So I don't know. I mean, just like from that seven minute spot <laughs> compared to making a billion dollars. Yeah, I think I might become a, a monster. As long as you know you become the villain. You know what I mean? I didn't say the villain. Nah, you'd be the villain. I'd be the monsters. No. Yeah, sometimes a monster See, can be the good guy. Like Sully. Yeah. In, the, in ego's not, the ego's not coming out now at all. Talking about if you what kind of bad guy you'd be. <laughs> I'd, be the, I, <laughs> I'd be the best bad guy. I'd be like Venom. Like I'm the hero of the story, but like in a funny way. Like I feel like everyone be like, "Oh, it's just Will." <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'd be a terrible billionaire. Yeah, we know it's fine. <sighs> All right, well hit that subscribe button. Follow me on at Laugh with Harrison on Instagram, DrewHarrisonComedy.com, uh, for links to everything and where I will be coming up. Just the beginning. Uh, We got plenty more episodes coming your way with some very funny guests of ours, some funny friends, you might say. Mm -hmm. So make sure you follow us uh, and we'll see you next time.